Welcome back to your home inspector training. I am Garth Haslam, the home medic. Subject today, we're going to be talking about doors. Now, who would think that you could talk for that long about doors? Uh, there are a <clears throat> number of subjects that we need to cover, and as I did a little bit of research, it's crazy how much uh, information is out there and all the picky little details that are associated with, let's just call them building standards as opposed to code. Now, I'm going to begin this segment, as I probably should begin all segments, with just a little bit of warning. Um, many of us home inspectors like to inspect to code. There are some problems with that. The first off is that we are not code inspectors. You know, obviously, if you happen to be a code inspector um, for doors or for electrical or for plumbing, uh, it's very reasonable for you to inspect to code. But the rest of us um, are not that way. And it is unreasonable to expect an inspector to know code for all subjects. And it's also unreasonable for the inspector to indicate through actions or words or whatever that he, um, that he actually is. Uh, we are not code inspectors. So let's avoid using the word code. Let's avoid pretending we're code inspectors. Let's instead go with words like building standards and, um, and move from that direction. Now, something else I would have you be aware of. Let's say that, for example, you are code and uh, certified for, well, let's just, because we're talking about doors, let's say doors. Um, this still does not mean that every home that you inspect is going to be um, reasonably inspected to current standards because if the home was built yesterday then yes it should be to current standards if it was built in 1950 it's going to grandfather in a in a lot of ways and so if you're going to uh if you're going to inspect to code standards you need to know what code was in 1950 obviously you know it is helpful to have a uh, a door or the electrical or the plumbing or the HVAC, etc., B2 current code, but you cannot require it as a home inspector. If the buyer wanted a brand new home, they should go buy one. It is not reasonable to expect that the um, that the buyer uh, or that the seller upgrade everything just because somebody's buying the house. If something's unsafe, then yes, it's unsafe, but. Uh, there's a lot of grandfathering going on, and so you are going to have to use your judgment rather than just rely on what you believe to be code. There's a lot more judgment in this. All that being said, now let's go ahead and get started with the uh, discussion of doors. Uh, building standards, as of the year that I'm recording this, uh, currently call for uh, exterior doors to either be fire-rated or solid wood with a uh, minimum of one and three eighths inch of burnable wood. So you don't measure just the exterior of the door because that may be thicker than the than the thinnest space. Or they allow a 20 minute door. Now there's a difference between a 20 minute fire rated door and a fire rated door. So as you can see, this is starting to get complex already. Bottom line with doors on the exterior is they should be solid. They should provide some protection against fire. Uh, if you're going to have a fire-rated door, uh, 
It'll usually be metal, and it will usually have a plate on it that says that it is a fire-rated door. If it uh, does not, uh, then one of two things happened. Either it the plate came off, or it's not a fire-rated door. Um, again, then at this point, if you, uh, if you see a metal door, it doesn't have the plate on it, then you've got a judgment call to make, and... Um, Maybe you just bring the information up to the client where you basically say, look, this looks like it might be fire rated, but it doesn't uh, have the plate on it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not fire rated. And by the way, it doesn't have to be fire rated. Or you could just keep all that to yourself and make a judgment as to whether you uh, really want to go down that road and confuse your client with what may be an adequate door. So, similarly, solid wood is going to work, and as we all know, a 20-minute door could be, for example, you've got the um, the sliding glass doors that qualify, you got your your uh, a number of different kinds of exterior doors that are neither fire-rated nor, ex- uh, nor solid wood, but they are functional as exterior doors. Uh, next category, and we're going to talk about this a little later, is, actually we'll just cover it now, is the uh, the door from the garage into the living space. Now that actually does need to be rated, but it still does not have to be a fire rated door. It can still be a, a fire rated door, or it can be the solid wood door. It just needs to provide uh, a certain amount of time of burn protection and uh, we're not going to go down that road at least in in this if um, if and when you choose to uh, to further your knowledge then um, you can go past the kindergarten level inter- uh, level of of instruction that we're providing here and do your own research okay so let's go back to inspecting that uh, front door or the garage door um, the front door needs to have all of the things that you would expect from a front door. It needs to have, it needs to be solid. Uh, it needs to be uh, protective in case a, uh, the burglar wants to get in through that front door. Now, one of the objections to uh, that I hear sometimes is that maybe you'll have a fairly solid door or maybe you'll just have a glass door. And, and sometimes you'll see where there's maybe a even some some artwork down inside the door, maybe some stained glass going on. Uh, obviously, that's not going to keep a burglar out, and that's a choice that the um, that the homeowner can make is to sacrifice some level of security for beauty. Um, again, that does that does not have to be fire rated for commercial use. Um, it is allowed by building standards. And so maybe you bring it up, but it is not a deficiency. You're also going to be looking for weather stripping. You're going to look at the threshold. Um, usually on those exterior doors, you're going to get a metal threshold. If you got something more like wood, obviously, then you go back to the rotten mold category. Uh, and, the, you know, if it's wood, it's it's probably not likely to be holding up, and it may not be a good grade door. The door, looking at the garage, the door to the garage should be similar. It should be either fire rated or solid wood. It should provide some burn protection. 
that is the one door that actually should be the most beefy in the house. Um, building standards call for that door to have particular uh, characteristics where the other exterior doors have, uh, have lesser requirements. Most fires start in the garage, and so the door to the garage needs to not only be uh, fire rated or solid wood, uh, one and three quarters or three eighths inch thick, um, but it needs to have springs on it so that it is sprung to close every time. You'll notice that routinely um, homeowners will either not have those springs on or they'll be there and the, the pin will be pulled out or something so that that door doesn't close. When that happens, fire moves much more easily through the garage and then into the house. In addition to that, carbon monoxide does the same thing as well. If you've got a, maybe they uh, brought the car home, they went shopping, they're trying to move bags in, maybe for whatever reason they're leaving the car on because they're going to go somewhere else. Uh, that car is a huge generator of carbon monoxide. And if you've got the car in the garage and you're pulling groceries in and out and the door is constantly open, at that point you can get quite a bit of carbon monoxide into the house and then the occupants are going to start getting sick and nauseous and headaches and there can be death associated with carbon monoxide. So, a uh, very simple thing. It's one of those uh, $10, $10,000 fixes. The $10 fixes is actually probably a $0.10 cent item in this case. It's uh, get a pin in those springs and make sure that the springs are tight and that the door closes. Ten to thousand dollar fix is the price tag for a uh, coffin. So um, that is certainly one of the things you're going to want to be paying attention to, writing up, uh, be aware of that. That's that's a strong inspection point that a lot of homeowners are not aware of. Now. As far as rated, fire-rated doors, like I mentioned, they will have a label. Uh, sometimes it comes off, and then you're going to have to deal with that. But the reality is that that's kind of beyond what I believe the, uh, the description of what a home inspector should be looking for. Um, doesn't matter, as far as I'm concerned, whether it is fire-rated door. I don't believe that code calls for a fire-rated door. It does call for uh, a, either a fire rated door or a solid wood door or a 20 minute door which bottom line you need a good door on the exterior um, <clears throat> and as I mentioned earlier I got want to make sure this is clear too if it's wood it needs to be one and three eighths at the thin point you will have to decide if you want to include that as a part of your inspection or if you're just going to be looking for a good door that opens and closes and locks and does what it needs to do. Um, I have seen in a lot of the homes that I do where there is either no threshold or, you know, you got some threshold issue at the bottom where you've got uh, sometimes a quarter of an inch of air going at the bottom. Of course, you're going to get a lot of hot and cold air in through there. Uh, you're going to lose your air conditioning, etc., you can get spiders and mice through gaps that large. And so you will want to be paying attention to the uh, the perimeter of the door to make sure that we don't have the air going there. If you don't notice that kind of stuff and write it up, it's a relatively small deal as you're going around the side and top of the door, but it will be a sign to the buyer if you miss it and they see it 
and you you didn't uh, notice it, it'll make them think less of you as far as your capacity as a home inspector. Um, okay, let's uh, let's hit bedroom doors now. Um, first thought on that one is, you know, what what is there to a bedroom door? It needs to open and close and lock, right? Uh, that's almost it. I don't personally spend a lot of time on bedroom grade doors, uh, but there are some things you're going to want to make sure that it, it does. For example, sometimes uh, a bedroom grade door will tell you some things about the house. If many of the bedroom doors in the house are difficult to lock, um, it could be that you've got structural settlement in the home and that what started out as a square door with a square door frame, now you have a square door with a non-square frame, and uh, those doors become hard to lock. That can be an indication of other issues um, that can that can be very helpful as you're in, as you're inspecting the rest of the house. Um, you will sometimes see bedroom door locks. Now, obviously, if we're talking about the master bedroom. You need a lock on that on that door. Uh, nobody wants to have their kids watch uh, the parents or walk in on the parents while they're making other kids. That's just not something you want to have happen. But um, if you've got locks on other bedroom doors, uh, that's going to be a personal choice. But you're going to want to just, I mean, if little Johnny has a lock on his door and there's a fire... And, of course, little Johnny has it locked. Um, going to be much more difficult to get in there and save little Johnny. So that's one of the issues associated with having locks on other bedroom-grade doors. Uh, the other is that a lot of parents just simply don't want little Johnny to be able to lock people out. Um, you know, you got to be able to go in there and see what he's doing without having little Johnny open the door. That's going to be a lifestyle decision that... Um, you can't make for the homeowners, but at least you'll want to bring it up, you know, say, basically, look, uh, here's a bedroom door with a lock on it. Here's what uh, having a lock on little Johnny's door could mean. And you might want to make a decision whether you want that to stay there or not. At that point, I find routinely that uh, my clients will uh, certainly raise their eyebrows and uh, and be appreciative of, of the service that I'm providing. It's not necessarily something that is a direct part of a home inspection, but you certainly get uh, appreciation points and referrals and recommendations because of little things like that. Sometimes on those bedroom doors, I'll see where the lock is actually on the outside of the door, and they're using that to lock little Johnny in. Um, again, and then sometimes you'll actually see keys. problem with keys is that, again, in a fire... If that key is not in the lock, uh, you're going to have to go running around the house, the burning house, to try and find that key. That's not going to happen, and then whatever happens or whoever is in that door is just dead. So that's the kind of stuff you're going to want to bring up to the uh, to the home uh, buyer, the, the client. Inside or outside locks, uh, I think we, we covered that. Um, let's go to the, the uh, other exterior doors. Now, you've got slider doors, for example. It is my experience that a lot of sliding glass doors are uh, just junk. You know, they, um, 
they don't slide very well. Sometimes it takes a uh, WWF wrestler to actually get those to open and close. If so, you have a non-functional door, and I write it up that way. Uh, functionality on a sliding glass door means that it opens and closes and locks and is not broken. And if you have to be a 250-pound linebacker uh, that works out regularly in order to be able to open and close that door, that door is not functional. Um, you know, if a 100-pound woman or a 10-year-old uh, child can't get that door to lock, it is not functional, it's not secure, and it needs to be either repaired or replaced. You'll often have fogging between the panes and the slider doors. And if so, then that needs to, of course, be written up. Same thing with um, if you've got a crack in those doors, that's, of course, an, uh, a, a failure and um, needs to be addressed as well. Quite often in those slider doors, the locks are cheap and they break and they don't work. And so you're going to want to make sure that you check that. Sometimes they actually do work, but it takes a lot of work. Um, and again, if it takes special skills and talents... And little 10-year-old Johnny is not going to be able to open and lock that door. It's non-functional, and you need to write that up. Often homeowners, when that lock doesn't work and they don't want to replace the lock, they'll often put a dowel in the base of the door, and that prevents the door from being opened. Um, often sellers think that, that, uh, that a dowel uh, replaces the security that was lost when the lock stops working. This is not the case because, again, in a, in a fire, you don't want to go fumbling in the dark for, uh, for getting the dowel out. And, um, and so we, we still have a non-functional door. Those dowels are one sign to you that the lock probably doesn't work and that you are going to need to write that up. Just one of those red flags. A dowel does not replace a lock, and uh, most homeowners mistakenly assume that it does, but you should, uh, should not be so mistaken. So write that one up. Door fails. Um, let's talk about that. Items to look to write up directly on a door of any variety, interior, exterior, door to the garage, whatever. If it jams, you know, if it's hard to close... Um, that's something that you're going to want to write up. You'll notice that there will be some scrapes going on. And then the next question that you're going to ask yourself is why does this door jam? You know, it could be that it was improperly installed 30 years ago. Uh, it could be that the house is moving. It could be that, uh, maybe it's getting wet from some water source directly above that, Sometimes the water source is not the roof and some, and, or plumbing or the shower that's directly above that space. Sometimes you get stuff as odd as um, bird urine or mouse urine where it's getting things wet. And, uh, and then the door that was properly installed is expanding and now it's not opening and closing well. So if you see something that jams... Um, you're going to want to stop and slow down and look around and just ask yourself that question. Why is this door uh, misbehaving? And see if you can get further information other than just difficulty in closing. If that door doesn't lock, um, quite often I will see where maybe a front door uh, or a back door especially is they'll have 
They'll have the main latch and then they'll have the deadbolt. And sometimes the two won't align. And, and so you can either have the latch or the deadbolt that is functional. And the fix for that is pretty easy. Basically, you take one of those off. Maybe you take the deadbolt plate off. You, um, you chisel out just a small area so that you can align the deadbolt plate with the latch plate. And you put that back on. You might need to fill the, the old hole with uh, toothpicks or matches or what have you. And then you, um, you put it back in. It's a fairly easy thing to do. As the home inspector, you are not going to do that because you're not changing the home in any way. But you can describe to the homeowner or the client how that can be done. It only takes about 20 seconds to, to make that description. If the door is abused um, or the door frame, that's going to tell you something. And, um, and that's, that goes into the meth doors category. We're going to talk about meth doors um, in, uh, in a moment because that's, that's one of those things that um, is going to be high on your radar as relates to uh, door inspections. If the door or, or the frame are abused. If there's a hole uh, going on in the door or maybe you've got a door that opens and then the, uh, the door knob or who knows what else might have caused a, a hole in the sheetrock. That's the sort of thing that you're going to want to be writing up. Hole in the sheetrock really isn't that big a deal. But if you don't write it up, then the client assumes that you didn't see it and that's obvious and then... He's going to convict you of being a bonehead who doesn't see the obvious. So you're going to want to point that out and write it up. Make sure that uh, the client understands that a uh, $1 um, doorstop, and there's a million different varieties, is, um, is going to be able to help address that issue. Okay, let's get into math doors. Um, I have been certified as of the time I'm doing this, I've been certified for about six years as a meth remediation um, specialist. And I figured um, at the time that, uh, that, I got, that I got certified that it would just be a good addition to my home inspection resume. What I did not realize when I, when I got certified is that it was going to start resulting in phone calls. And I ended up with a lot of phone calls, and um, I've got a very healthy meth remediation business going on right now. When I go into each of those, one of the questions I ask myself is, how do I learn from this property that I know to be meth contaminated? How do I, how do I make myself a better inspector uh, for other properties based on what I see here? The first thing I noticed is that in meth-contaminated properties, almost invariably, you're going to have damaged doors and damaged door frames. Now, I do a separate segment on the four things that I look for in a meth-contaminated property. Damaged doors and door frames is one of the four things that I look for. So that, this is not the whole list, but it, it certainly belongs in any discussion on doors. So if you have a, a door that is damaged or if you have a door that is brand new, let's say the home was built 10 or 15 years ago, but you've got a brand new exterior door, or maybe you've got brand new bedroom doors, 
the question then becomes why you know why do we have new doors and there's really only about two potential answers uh, one is that they improve the doors to help sell the house and the other would be they replaced the doors because the doors were trashed because we had a meth user in there and meth users do that sort of thing to doors now Obviously, if uh, you today were to turn yourself into a flipper instead of a home inspector, you know, doors would not be on the top of your list of things to change. You know, paint, yes, carpet, yes, kitchen, perhaps, granite, maybe, uh, exterior doors, perhaps. But if you've got uh, brand new doors, on, especially on the inside, um, the question you can ask again, or you should be asking, is why? would they replace these doors this quickly? Even if the home was built in 1920 or 1940 or whatever, um, sometimes those doors are just cool, and a person would have to be crazy to just replace them uh, just for cuz, because those doors are more beautiful, more ambiance than, than a brand new door would be. So that's uh, you have to kind of live in the in the land of pessimism and just assume that um, that doors were replaced for uh, reasons that might indicate an issue. So, and it's not just the damaged door, it could be the damaged door frame as well. I did one inspection. Now, let me back up a little bit. This was, uh, I weigh 210 right now. And I did one inspection where it was a fourplex and, um, and the Bottom left and the top right units were both contaminated with meth. So I was there to do the remediation. And um, what happened there is that you had the uh, the homeowner or the renter on the bottom left. I guess he was about 135 pounds. He was so much smaller than me. He was a small guy. But he shredded those bedroom doors inside the house. He put his fist and they were hollow core doors, but he put his fist through one side of the door all the way through to the other side of the door and uh, just just scrambled that uh, a lot of those bedroom grade doors. So uh, knowing that I uh, had to throw those doors away, uh, I thought, well, you know, let's see how uh, how strong and how motivated this guy was. So I put on a glove and I tried punching that door to see what I could do. Now, that's not something I recommend because it didn't turn out well for me. I had the glove on, but I still damaged my knuckles, and I, I just barely dented one side of the, uh, of the panel, let alone get my fist all the way through and then bust the other side out. Um, and then, of course, I had a sore hand for a few days. So, you know, this guy... He, uh, let's just say he was motivated, and, and I don't know what he did to his hand, but it couldn't have felt good. This is the kind of thing that meth users will do to doors, and if you see that, the meth flag uh, certainly should go up for you. Again, if you see a new door, a brand new door, the same meth flag should go up because we, uh, we just have somebody who fixed the, uh, the shredded door. That's all they've done. If you see abuse to the front door or the front door frame, Quite often that means that either the police busted through or, or some user that really wanted in busted through. Sometimes they'll use bars or uh, whatever tool is available to them. Um, 
and it will cause some pretty substantial and visible damage to those metal doors. Obviously, if it's a glass door, he wouldn't have had much trouble getting through. He could hurl himself through or a chair or a rock or what have you. And in that sort of case, you will see new glass and an old door frame. Again, things to look for as you're doing your meth inspections or your door inspections. Brand new doors, that's another one of those uh, red flags. Now, if you're motivated to go listen to my uh, segment on meth, you're entirely welcome I, I may have piqued your interest, but yeah, just be aware that uh, in the doors category, you want to look at the doors and door frames to see if they're trashed or if they're new. And then if they're new, decide what might have motivated whoever replaced those doors to, uh, to do that task. Okay, summarizing, we have talked about exterior doors. We've, uh, we've briefly tried to confuse you and basically say that those exterior doors should either be fire rated or solid wood, one and three eighths or 20 minute doors. And there is no anything on the door that's going to say this is a 20 minute rated door. Um, so bottom line, just make sure that you've got a solid door that's going to keep burglars out. That's probably a greater risk than fires anyway. Um, in, in doors where where that's not going to happen, um, make sure the, the buyer is aware of, of that sort of thing. We've talked about bedroom doors and what sort of uh, uh, indications there may be as to what kind of locks, if there is a lock, or which way the lock is placed, and what that might indicate for the homeowner. We've talked about slider doors and the security issues and locks lock issues. We talk about door fails and items to talk about or to write up if um, if the door has a, a failure. Again, uh, for a door to be considered to be functional, it needs to be functional to everybody in the family, not just you. Uh, Okay, then we talked about meth doors and how to identify a door that may indicate that uh, it's worth doing a meth test. Something I should emphasize here is that, um, is that any sign associated with meth is just that. It's a sign, an indication that perhaps the door or the house may be meth contaminated. The only way to know for sure and you should make sure that this is communicated clearly to the homeowner. The only way to know for sure is to actually test the home for meth. To get that sort of information on how to do that, you can go to my website, homemedicusa.com. Um, and this is a good time to wrap up, basically. Homemedicusa.com, you uh, certainly want to review the, the information on meth there. Uh, we'll have some uh, some topics that you can review and interact with, and uh, and and you can help others uh, at that website. In addition, please do not fail to train yourself. Uh, you can go to Nachi.org, and depending on the state and the year that you live in, there will be particular uh, requirements as uh, as relates to what's going on in your area. Uh, as an example of that, California, quite often you will see uh, the front of the house, pretty much the entire front of the house, be garage door. And I guess that's Southern California. Northern California, there will be homes that are designed another way. 
in Kansas, you'll have uh, you'll have something different. Maybe ramblers that tend to dominate, and there will be a different set of standards there. And you know, uh, New Jersey, Florida, Arizona, whatever it may be, um, you're going to want to learn the uh, the standards associated with with uh, doors and everything else associated with home inspection in your area. Uh, if you're in Arizona, there may be a different set of, of risks associated with termites, for example, than, uh, than there may be in Wisconsin. So uh, do your homework. We, uh, we have gotten you to a kindergarten level now of understanding, a basic level of understanding for doing home inspections in your area. Good having you on board. Now, get out there. Make me proud.